I probably will be on it for the rest of my life. Um, I think that's the way this thing works. Um, I know some of you, uh, there are a few familiar faces, but I don't know a lot of you, so I imagine that in this room we kind of have a bit of a conglomeration of um, experience and of knowledge, of exposure surrounding prophecy and all that it entails. Um, you've come to this one because um, you want to grow in the prophetic and maybe you're at the beginning of that journey. Um, and I really hope that I can give you something that will be of use to you. But maybe, you've, maybe you have been doing this a little bit longer and you just kind of want a little bit more um, depth. Um, and I hope that I'll be able to offer that um, to you as well. So for the next hour, we're kind of going to explore this together. Um, I'm going to give a short teach, hopefully it will be short, on um, some things that I have been learning um, around growing in the prophetic, growing as a prophetic person and how we live um, in that. And then we're going to spend a good chunk of time Kind of getting to grips with it um, practically and actually doing it instead of talking about it. Um, Eugene Peterson is one of my favourite authors and he says this, all the persons of faith that I know are sinners, doubters and uneven performers. We are secure not because we are sure of ourselves but because we trust that God is sure of us. I want to grow in the prophetic. Just because I am up here at the front does not mean to say that I am a friend of all knowledge. I am definitely not. Disclaimer. Um, I'm on a journey of learning to hear God's voice and speaking out what I see and what I hear. Um, but let me confess, I also find myself in those three, um, those three categories. Nick's going to pop that slide up um, with that quote. I am a sinner. Yeah. I am a doctor. Absolutely. And I am an uneven performer. So how can I stand secure? How could I? With all the stuff that I have in those sources, all of my fears and all my feelings, all the times that I've come up short, how on earth could I stand secure? Certainly not on my own. Not in my own strength. Because I will fall every single time. And I am sure at least I had hope that I find myself in good company. Um, that you would maybe agree with me on that one. I stand secure. Here's the truth. I stand secure because God, my Father, is sure of me. He is very sure of me. And let me tell you, this is also the truth. He is sure. He is so sure of every single person in this room. God is so sure of you and that is why you can stand secure. In John chapter 10, Jesus keeps repeating something incredibly important when we come to consider growing and hearing um, God's voice. He um, speaks six different, on six different occasions throughout um, John chapter 10 about his sheep, his sheep who know his voice, his sheep who listen to him, and his sheep who follow him. And verse 27 will be very familiar to a lot of you. Um, I think it is a verse that I love. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I want to take um, just a bit of time and go through that verse with you because I think it stands as a good model for a life um, lived out in the prophetic. So first of all, we are his sheep. We are his. We belong to him. 
that is the primary reason why we all, as Christians, can hear God's voice because we are known and we are loved by Father God. We are his sheep and his sheep know his voice. I think understanding this one starts at a heart level. God wants to know, God wants us to know who we are and he also um, wants us to know who we belong to, that we belong to him and he wants us to know that right at the very core of our being. This is deep stuff, deep heart stuff. Sheep trust their shepherd. With being shadowed without sheep trust their shepherd, they will follow wherever he goes because they know him and they trust him and it's the same with, um, the same with us. So I wonder if maybe your heart needs some attention. Maybe you've gone through all of this before um, and you might be sitting there saying it, but anyway, I, I know who I am and I also know whose I am and I've kind of already done this. Um, and I would say, that's great, me too, like hundreds of times, you know? But the wonderful and slightly annoying thing about this journey of faith that we find ourselves on is that number one, there's always more. And number two, God is never finished. He is never finished. And as I was prepping this talk, God was prompting me again to allow him to work on my heart. He is always calling us back to that place of intimacy and to that place of surrender with him. And that's where the prophetic stems from. Sheep also listen. My sheep listen. They listen to the voice that they trust, to the voice that they know. So it's no longer passive. Listening is an activity, it's become something active. Knowing who we are and who we belong to is really important. That is some really important groundwork that we need to keep revisiting. Um, but it doesn't stop there. We are called to listen, to give attention to, to wait attentively. And I am always challenged by this one. How am I giving my attention to God? How am I giving my attention to God, my full attention? How am I waiting attentively on the Holy Spirit? For me, personally, this starts um, in the place of worship. The prophetic often flows out of worship and, and out of prayer as well. Those times when our eyes are lifted off our stuff and off ourselves, that's when God speaks. When I worship God, suddenly I am not the most important person in the room. And so often we can either kind of put a pressure on ourselves, so you can be sitting there thinking, I must hear from God, I have to hear from God right now. Um, and you can get a bit tied up in yourself. And, and I find this, you know, I really have to take a step back and, and check myself. Um, because by doing that, if I get stressed, if I get tied up and tangled up, um, in myself, I'm not giving God room to actually speak. God isn't competitive. God isn't competitive. He is sovereign. And he is not going to compete with the noise in our lives. He is not going to compete with the noise in my life. I have to give him my attention. So how are you listening? That would be my challenge to you. How are you listening? How are you giving God space? Are you making him the most important person in the room? Hearing from God looks different for, for everyone, thank goodness. Um, for me, I often hear God speak when I'm outside. 
I love beaches, I love piers, um, they are thin places for me. I always hear from God when I'm on a beach. Um, I also journal, so I write a, a lot, it's not very good, but I, I write a lot, you know. I play a lot of music, um, and it's often there that God will open something up to me. Um, and there was a, a period of time where God spoke to me um, when I was baking, when I was baking bread. Um, I went through a period of baking lots of bread, and God would speak to me prophetically as I was doing that. Um, how kind is he that he speaks to me in the places, um, doing the things that I love. I have a friend who hears from God when she's drawing, when she's painting. Um, that's when she um, often prophesies things, and when she really hears what God's voice and hears what he is saying. Another friend of mine hears most clearly from God whenever she's on a run. So when she's out pounding the streets, that's not something that I do very often. Uh, so that's not that's not my that's not my thing, you know, running. Not so keen on that. Um, but if that's your thing, you know, maybe that's maybe that's where you can hear from God. Um, and another friend of mine discerns incredibly profound things from God while he's riding his bike. God is infinitely creative, and He speaks to us in infinitely creative ways, and often in ways that bring us joy. God is so kind. He chooses to speak to us in ways that bring us joy. We find him in the places where we love to be. So however God speaks to you, seek that. Above all else, seek that. And if you don't really know, then give it a go. What do you, what do you love? What are you good at? What brings you joy? Go to that place and seek God there. If we jump back into um, John 10, we see that after the listening comes this. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them. We are known by God. What an amazing revelation. By knowing our identity as those who belong to God and, and by listening and seeking his presence, we get known. That is God's response to us, to know us. And it's about relationship, really, isn't it? We, we hear that all the time. It's about relationship. When we are known by God, we are our truest selves. I want to be my truest self. When we are known by God, we are our truest selves. And that's what I think God desires from us as those seeking this gifting. To be a people marked by truth. To be marked by the truth and the certainty and the authenticity that comes from being known by God. I was with my family this past week. And um, I was thinking on this stuff while I was with them and I was reminded of how freeing it is to be known. My family know me very well. It's sometimes a good thing, it's sometimes a bad thing. But they know, whether I like it or not, all of my little idiosyncrasies and they know why I do certain things and, and why I say certain things. They know what I like, they know what I dislike. They know how I express myself. Um, and as much as my family know me, how much more does God know me? I am free in his presence to be completely myself. And when it comes to hearing his voice and listening to what he says, being able to be completely myself is really important. And this is a really crucial one to get, I think. He 
Hear this, you do not need to be like anyone else. God does not want you to be like anyone else. So in a very practical way, the language that we use as we prophesy, as we speak out what God is saying, becomes very important. I've noticed that the Bible doesn't seem to be fond of errors and graces, um, so I think if you find yourself um, using language that you wouldn't normally use, then maybe you need to backtrack a little bit. For example, saying, thus saith the Lord to someone as you're giving them a prophetic word, is probably, to be quite honest, going to freak them out. And the chances are, they are not going to listen to a word that you say because they're going to be like, what's this crazy person in front of me? Okay? But in the same way, saying something like, God told me, God told me this, or um, God says, God says this, it doesn't really give the person you are saying it to much of a choice in whether they choose to take on the word or not. So if I said to Hannah, I said, Hannah, uh, God says that you're going to go away for a few months to uh, Denmark, um, and you're probably going to leave on Tuesday. I mean, you might be okay with that. Maybe you wanted to go to Denmark for a long time. And you know what? God might have said that. He might have said that. But how I choose to communicate it is really important. Communication is key. How we say something, how we say something, is as important as what we say. So using language like, um, I sense, or I feel, um, or I think that God is saying this or that, it allows the person that you are saying it to, to either take it or leave it. You're not forcing it on them. And it's not said in such a scary way that they can actually delve deeper into the word and seek out what God is saying to them. That's what we want. You know, we, that, that first prophetic word that we give to someone is not the whole picture. It's not the whole story. It's just the beginning. We get the privilege of passing that first word on, but it's not up to us to walk with it for, for 20 years alongside this person and make sure that they do and go and, you know, whatever else. That's not, that's not on us. So I would encourage you later on as we, as we practice this stuff um, to practice giving words in this way, using this kind of language. It is a gentle approach, but it by no means takes away from the power of what God is saying. Hannah mentions um, a verse in 1 Corinthians which, earlier, which is often quoted whenever we're teaching on prophecy. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3, and it is such an important one to remember. And I would love for you to keep it in mind today as we as you practice this stuff. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. We always want people to leave feeling loved. If you sense that God is telling you something negative or troubling about someone that you're prophesying over, I've often found that a helpful way to approach that is to ask God for the positive. So say you're praying for someone and God reveals to you that this person struggles with anger. You don't need to tell them that. They already know that they struggle with anger. Believe me, they know that every day. And it's not helpful to say that to someone. What is helpful is to speak God's truth because that's what they need. You can speak peace. You can speak resolution over them. They need to know God's truth. The truth of God's heart for them. Because it's God's truth that changes things. A timely, encouraging 
prophetic word, which is given with grace and with compassion, can transform someone's life. So how we say something, the way that we say something is important, but the what we say part is also pretty important. What on earth happens after you see something, um, you see a, a picture from God or you sense God saying something, what do you do then? Sometimes in the heat of the moment you can kind of go into a blind panic and, and rattle off a whole load of stuff that God didn't actually say any of that, um, or you can say nothing at all because you can be so scared. Neither are really ideal. There's a handy little tool that I've learned to keep in my back pockets um, as I think I'm giving a prophetic word to someone. I want to share that with you today. Three words, easy to remember. Revelation, interpretation, application. Let me explain. The revelation is that first bit that you've got, the kind of bare bones, um, the, the picture or the word of the scripture. Um, so to give you an example, let's say you've got a picture of um, a candle burning in a, in a darkened room. Now, that's a perfectly nice picture, and someone might be very encouraged to receive that, and maybe they might already know um, what it means. But if we take a little bit of time and seek God for an interpretation, then we will be able to give something much more meaningful. Interpretation is nothing more than a simple question posed to the Father. What does this mean? What does this mean? So maybe, if we go back to that example, maybe God is saying that this person may feel like their light is small, but in the situation they are in, they bring incredible, necessary light to their friends and to their colleagues. That's an example of an interpretation. And what you've done by it is giving that person a bit more of something to go away and to chew on and to pray through. And the third part, application is another question, and it's often one that's posed to ourselves. So you've got the revelation, and you think you know the interpretation, but the next question is, what do I do with this? God, what do I do with this? What do you want to achieve with this word? Should I give this word right now, or is it for another time? It's a helpful one to remember that not everything needs to be shared immediately. And not every detail needs to be shared either. More often than not, hmm. less is more. I think in general, if you're scared or nervous um, about sharing a word and getting it wrong or offending someone, it's good to think like this. Does this word line up with what I know of God? Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with what the Bible says? And is it going to bless, encourage, and point this person towards Jesus? And if you can answer yes to those questions, then 100%, please go ahead and share. But that's a helpful interpretation, a revelation interpretation application is a helpful tool um, to think on as you seek to grow in the prophetic. And the final part um, that I want to touch on today is it's just the end of that verse, um, in verse, 20, verse 27 of John 10. And it's really our mandate. The thing that we are called to do, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me, they follow me. We are called to follow, and we know that every day, in everything we do, we're called to follow. But also as we step out in the prophetic, we're called to follow. And there's an assurance in this, I find, as well as a challenge, because the very idea of following reminds us that we're not alone. There is someone ahead of us. 
As we speak out what we feel God is saying, we are partnering with him. What a privilege. It never ceases to amaze me that God chooses to use us to speak his truth. I mean, that is amazing. Let me never, um, never walk away from that one um, without feeling um, completely in awe. It is an incredible privilege to see people how God sees them and to speak out words of life over them. So the challenge here, I suppose, is to actually do it, to step out. And for some people, it might be as simple as coming here today. It might be that first step in discovering that you do hear God's voice, that you can hear from him. But for others, maybe it's the next step. Maybe it's sharing a word or a picture um, with a friend or with a neighbor, with someone that you know, maybe someone who doesn't know Jesus yet. Whatever the challenge is for you personally, and I'm sure you know it, I would encourage you to be bold and to be courageous, to step out in faith, to trust in the God, your Father, who is so sure of you. Because he is so, so sure of you. And we're going to give it a go. We're going to have some time now to... um, prophesy and pray for each other um, and listen to God and hear what he says and have that bold step um, of stepping out um, and speaking out what we hear God say. And this is a safe space. As Hannah said before, this is a space to get things wrong. This is a space to to feel as well as as to succeed. Um, We want you to feel safe here, to explore um, the prophetic. And there are three things I want you to remember. Number one, is that we are all for each other, 100% for each other. So if you are encouraged by what you hear today, please say so. There is nothing more wonderful than hearing, that was so encouraging, I really needed to hear that. Sheila really encouraged me earlier. Thank you, that was great. You see, I'm calling you out and I'm saying, Sheila encouraged me. Okay, we need to do that, we need to call that out. Number two, Going back to that verse in 1 Corinthians, encourage and strengthen each other. Build each other up with the words that you give. Remember that verse. And number three, go for the more. That revelation, interpretation, application. Really dig deep on what God is saying. And I would also say, um, it's really important as we prophesy over each other that we record what we say. So if your phone has a recording um, ability, then use that. But pen and paper works just as well. And so no one, um, even if you are a technophobe like me, you can still record what we're saying. And so keep keep something on you, your phone or or pen and paper, and note down what God is saying so you can remember it when you go home and you can remember it um, tomorrow. I'm just going to pray for us now, and then we're going to get going. So let's be up for this, okay? Um, Let's be keen. Um, This is an amazing opportunity. How often do we get to sit in a room full of people who are hungry after the prophetic and give a go? You know, that doesn't happen very often. So let's take this opportunity. But first of all, let me pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We thank you that you are already here. We thank you that you permeate every um, inch of this building. And that your presence your presence is here and that you love to be here. And Father, I ask just for um, a quickening of our spirits and a quickening of our minds that we will hear from you 
and that we will receive that joy of hearing from you. That every single person in this room will leave here feeling blessed, feeling loved, knowing you more. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. And I ask God that the things that are truly from you today will sink so deep within us that they will remain beyond anything else. And the things that are not of you, just let them be blown away on the wind and remain no longer. The Holy Spirit, we need you. We confess our need of you. And we ask for your presence again.